1: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's hit deep to left field, and it's on Goddard. Big fly, Nolan Arenado.
2: there's a moment for you. Driving jam time. The Philippines win this one. Come back, pattern city now sports on a sunday morning on america's sports voice KMOX welcome back to the show tom ackerman with you it is sports on a sunday morning from the Steeple sports studio and what a treat this hour we have up until 11:30 an in studio visit from a great friend not his first time on KMOX by the way in fact the last time i did this one tony larusso was listening and was very intrigued the fact that you and I were talking about one Robert Montgomery Knight, a dear friend of his. This is Ron Zetcher, a member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, among other halls of fame, one of the greatest referees, one of the greatest officials college basketball has ever seen. He's also a St. Louis native. How are you, Z?
1: I'm terrific. and I'm, 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 um, I'm really impressed just with the studio, walking in here, and it's great to see you.
2: Great to see you, Zetch. We go way, way back. How far back? Since I was born. Uh, you and my dad were great friends, and you are a dear friend. I'll tell you that first
1: and foremost. Thank you. Uh, before we start, <clears throat> I will say this. Uh, your dad, uh, Jim Mose, and Bob Barnes, those are three guys that I met when I was in the seventh grade at Hanley Junior High, and they were over at uh, on. And uh, we had some wonderful times together, and I and I miss your dad dearly.
2: I appreciate that he was a great man, and uh, we lost him way way too soon. But he is in our hearts, that's for sure. And he's listening to this conversation. That is no doubt. Uh, we had some good times. That he's the reason I'm in sports, no doubt. Uh, my dad played a big part in that. Ron Zetcher, you played a big part, uh, not only in his life, but in the lives of many in college athletics as an official. Uh, it has been a treat to watch you work, to understand the craft. And I do want to start with this, is I've already spoken so highly of you, and I wish that that was the case, before we get into some fun stories about your career, that I wish that was always the case when it came to officials. I feel like, and I understand that in the NBA, let's stick with basketball. In the NBA, in college basketball, it is a tough job. I mean, the crowd is on you. You've heard every word in the book, I'm sure. They all think they know the rules and, and and know which is the correct call. But I'm talking about youth sports in particular. The fact that these officials don't get paid a lot, some of them even volunteer their time, to go out and make sure that these games are played fairly, I feel like we are losing them. And it's a profession where we're starting to see less and less and I wish we could create it back to where it's a job that feels good to do. Uh, how do you feel about what you're seeing right now? Do we have a shortage of officials in our game?
1: Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I have a grandson right now who's a, uh, he's a junior varsity basketball player at Parkway West. So I've gone to, uh, he's played three games this year and I've, I've been to all three of them Um in the JV game, they only use two officials. They probably need three for sure, but they can't get a third official because there's, there's just such a shortage. And I watch the games, and, you know, I, I know enough about officiating to know that at least these guys are doing the best they can. Are, are they really good? Dave Phillips made a great comment to me years ago. I was complaining about some umpires in um, one of my older grandson's baseball games. I think he was in the eighth grade. And I was telling Phillip's guy, they don't know the strike zone, and, and Phillips said to me, Zetch, what time does your grandson play? I said, no, I don't know, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. He said, be thankful you've got some guys who at least show up for that game. And it really, it, it was an eye-opener. And we, we, we do need to treat those people with more respect, and we, we need to tell our young athletes, listen, if those two guys don't show up, guess what, there won't be a game.
2: That's correct. Young athletes, coaches, and parents and fans in general, they all play a part in making this a good experience for all, including a good experience for those officials. That's what I would point to also is that as tempting as it can be, and I would never tell fans what to do except for this. When it comes to youth sports, how much are you paying to go to these games at most $5? Okay, so... I understand that you're paying to get into the building in some cases. Let the coaches coach. Let the officials officiate. That's my request.
1: I, I agree with you a hundred percent, Tom. And I will be very honest and very candid. You know, um my whole life I, I I competed as an athlete. I coached and I officiated. And then all of a sudden I was not doing any one of those three things. And um I was not the best spectator at the beginning because I had no control. You know, when you're a coach, you have control. When you're an official, you definitely have control of the game. And when you're a player, you control the outcome of of your ability while you're on the field or on the court or whatever you're doing. And it really was hard for me. And I I had a few people who were very close to me tell me, hey, man, you need to just kind of watch the games, sit back and relax. And I've done a lot better. I was very, very... um, I wasn't the best spectator that we're talking about when my oldest grandson started playing high school sports, and I I regret it because I don't think I enjoyed his games as much as I should have. It's
2: interesting. So you were a coach, as you mentioned, after your playing career, and and you did play a lot of sports throughout your life and continue to do. You still look like you'd probably get out there and knock down a few jumpers. Uh, You... Uh, coached, in fact, Matt Pauly, our Wax Sports Open Line host, just to let me know that you were his freshman football coach uh, at Ladue. Uh, you went into officiating around that same time. What? When did you do that, and why?
1: I went to um, Johnny Max Sporting Goods store one evening, and I, I had I had started umpiring some baseball, and I went down to Johnny Max Sporting Goods to. Uh, buy some umpire equipment it was probably in in um, maybe a January and uh, while I was there he said hey listen he said uh, you were a basketball player he said you want to go referee some basketball games I said sure when he says tonight I said tonight yeah he said there's a Baptist Church League and uh we we need a referee down there so he gave me a shirt and I think I just kept the pants on that I was wearing some khakis or whatever. And I went down there. I thought, well, this is going to be a big deal, you know. And these are these were men, thirty, thirty-five year old guys, and they. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I laugh about it. They uh, get down there and they look at me like, "Who's this guy?" And I don't. I don't even remember who I was refereeing with. Some man, and and they uh, they say a prayer before the game. I mean, it's the most really beautiful religious setting. And then the game starts, and I mean, you talk about hearing every word and it was an eye opener. And I refereed in that league for about a year and a half. And I'll tell you what I learned. I learned how to try to learn how to control tough men. You know, guys, they were, they were on me all the time. I was young. They were older men. And, and, um, after a while you stand up and you, you kind of take charge and that was the beginning of how it started. And I, I'm thankful to Johnny Mack forever.
2: Wow. Uh, you had to know the rules of the game. You felt confident about that going in, but how, what do you learn along the way as an official? And how do you advance, I guess is a better question. How do you get
1: to the level that you got? You got to the, to the highest level of college basketball. I think it's changed um when I when I was uh, breaking into officiating, there weren't summer camps. They didn't have referee camps. And so, in, in my case, I found out at a later date what really uh, helped my career. I repped to read the, Reed, the uh, Missouri State Large School Championship three years in a row, and it's kind of an interesting story. Tom, the first year, every referee that I knew in St. Louis called me and congratulated me and said, "This is the greatest thing, Ron." And we're a while. The second year, about half those guys called me, and the third year. They were calling Columbia, asking them, why does the same guy get to referee the state tournament every year? So, you know, there, there's a lot of competition involved. And um, after, after the third year, I uh, got a phone call from Bernie Sagoff, who was the, um, he was the Iowa High School Activities Association director, just like Jack Miles here in uh, Missouri. And they were very good friends. And Jack Miles apparently had recommended me to Bernie. And Bernie Sago called me and offered me a job. And I and I, well, yeah, it was in 1975. I said, man, I'm honored. Well, about a day or two later, a guy named uh, Bud Olson, who was the uh, supervisor of the ABA, he called me and said, we need a, a, a guy from your area. You want to you join the ABA? So I thought, well, that's professional basketball. That's like the epitome, right? So I called Bernie Sagal back, and I told him what had happened. He says, if that's what you want to pursue, go ahead. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, just call me. And I thought, well, yeah, we've heard that before. Well, it didn't work out. And I did call him, and God bless Bernie Sagal, he rehired me. And that's how it started.
2: And you started not only by the way, did you do basketball, but football and baseball and uh, the Missouri Valley Conference actually was your first college experience in, in, on the baseball side. But in particular, your most success, what you're best known for, is your run in basketball. And in that year, 1975, was your first year in the Big Eight. And that started a 30-year run in the Big Eight. Now, for those who, who go, don't go back as far, the Big 12 was the Big Eight then added some teams, the Big 8 at its heyday was as good a basketball conference as any of them right now. The Big 10, the ACC, the Big East, you name them. That Midwest collection of teams in the Big 8 who sold out arenas was amazing, and you came in contact with some great ones, including Norm Stewart.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I knew Norm Stewart as a young kid, and he wasn't a whole lot older than me, but he was a um, he was a freshman baseball coach at Missouri. And that's where I started off my education. I wasn't there very long. I came back to Washington U. But when I was there, Norm was my freshman baseball coach. And he tells a story today. He says, man, he says, you had the greatest arm in the world, he said, but every time you got on the mound during— uh, practice, he says, I, I didn't stand on the field. He said, I got behind the screen. He says, because you had a hard time finding the plate. <laughs> and that's Norm an Stewart. You know? well, I, I love the guy. I really do.
2: What was he like in game situations on that floor at Hearn Center?
1: When I first started, um, I'll be very honest, um, I was intimidated by him because I knew him and I knew how tough a guy he was. And it took me a while to, to gain his confidence. I think he was very hard on me and, you know, it wasn't like he knew me. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, I know Ron when he was, you know, a young kid down here. He was tough. But um, Norm Stewart, he was not a loud coach to officials, but sarcastic beyond belief. <laughs> and he could say things to you that were just unbelievable. Um, and after a while, we, we started to um, have a good relationship and um, one time, I'll give you a quick story about Norm. I, I had a Kansas-Missouri game, and um, it, it, in the first half, and I was with two very young guys, guys who had just broke into the uh, Big Eight. This at Hearns or Allen? No, this at Hearns. Okay. And there was a question about it, um, uh, an extra timeout or not enough timeouts the first half, and, and I went over to the scores table, and I realized that, the, that we had been correct. So we should have assessed him a timeout. We didn't. We got in the locker room and um, all of a sudden my, you know, my light bulb went on. I said, you know, I said, Missouri has an extra timeout coming to them. And the two guys said, yes. I said, which one of you guys want to go tell Norm? <laughs> so, they, you know, they both work. Um, uh, I said, okay. So our locker room was right next to Missouri's locker room at the time. They changed that, But at the time you were actually right next to their locker room. So we come out and the girls are still dancing out on the floor and everything else and Norm's standing there with his team and I said, Coach, I said I have uh, something you're not going to like to hear. He says, Oh, okay. What? What now? You know, you know, real sarcastic. I said, Well, I said that first half, um, that was a timeout that we didn't assess to you when you, you know, questioned uh, timeouts and we were correct. So we're going to assess you right now. He looked at me and he goes, Yeah, okay. That's a a junior high rule, and a junior high referee right now is going to apply it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He made sure that you walked away knowing that. Oh, yes. But a heck of a coach Mm -hmm. and a great friend, Norm Stewart. You also remain very close uh, through the years you were with Bob Knight. And I mentioned it from the start that Tony La Russa, Uh, was glued to our interview, and this was probably 20-plus years ago now because I was a a youngster at KMOX, and part of the reason I became uh, friendly with Tony and why he opened up to me was partly because of this interview that you and I did about his friend Bob Knight. He thought it was important that the truth come out uh, about someone who had a, a very tough image. People have an image of him throwing a chair and being a bully. Not that he didn't do those two things, but... He also was very smart when it came to the game. And how did the two of you get to know each other?
1: Well, I think the first time that I that I really had a uh, uh, a meeting with Bob Knight is um, Bob Murray. I don't know if you remember the name Bob Murray. He was a uh, oh he 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 had a. Um, Uh, A good career over at Merrimack as an AD and he uh, worked for a couple sporting goods stores and anyway, Bob Murray used to have these uh, uh, coach of the year clinics and uh, basketball was not one of them. It was always a football and type of thing. So anyway, one day Bob Murray said he's going to start having some basketball clinics and he's going to need some referees. So I went to Indiana at a a referee camp that Bob Murray had uh, started. And that's where I met Bob Knight, and there were a couple things that I that I uh, he, he was very nice to me. I mean, you know, I was a guest. I guess he looked at me as a guest that I was bringing these referees there and everything else. And he came in and talked to the referees once, and it was it was awesome what he told these referees. But he took me into the uh, Indiana locker room one day, and he uh, he showed me that they have the names of every player above the locker that they. Uh, had when they were playing for him and your name doesn't go on that locker unless you've graduated I don't care who you are. So The second or third year I worked at that camp. I'm walking out and night would have this um, Three or four hundred high school coaches and so I walked out and I was listening to him and uh, th- This guy walks up to me. I, I can tell he's an athlete. He says um Is coach Knight near here now I said, I think he just finished with the coach. I think he went over to the uh, big, you know, the big uh, rec center where all the high school teams are playing. He says, you sure? I said, yeah, why? He said, well, he said, I want to, I want to, i want to shoot a little in here, but I don't want him to see me. It was Isaiah Thomas. Wow. Didn't want to see, see, because he had walked out on night, remember, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and didn't graduate. And. Knight had promised his mother that he would graduate if he came to Indiana. Well, he finally eventually came back to her, I think, and graduated. But you know what? His name was not up on that locker. And I respected the heck out of Bob Knight for that. Isaiah Thomas might have been one of the greatest players he ever had.
2: Why during games did you have such a good rapport with Coach Knight? Not, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it was perfect. I'm sure there were some, some moments. But it seemed like he respected you as you worked Big Ten and other conferences. Well,
1: I, I I listened to him, and um and I and I learned um that if he if he had a question, the guy probably know knows a little bit about basketball, you know. So if and and he didn't, he wasn't one of these guys who you know barked all night. I mean, if he said something to you, and I can tell you a couple incidents that I had with him. Um, I had a he had a preseason tournament every year. And it either had it in Indianapolis or he'd have it on his campus. So this was in Indianapolis. And they are just beating the daylights out of TCU. You know, he always had, he was good night. He would bring his old coaches back so they could make a little money on, you know, how they pay him to come play in those tournaments. And, you know, I don't think he ever lost a game in that four-team tournament ever. But they're beating TCU something terrible. And he yells at me, he says, and Bob, Bob was probably at his worst when he was way ahead He's bored, okay. He says, Um, that's a travel, so I I just ran by him. And second time, and a third time, well, finally, I and I made a mistake, I said, It's not traveling. Oh boy, he looks at me, he says, Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. I said, What what, what the hell do I know about basketball? (laughs) So I was, um, working with a guy named Ron Grissom, and we were rooming together, and we the next day was gonna be the second day of the term. So the phone rings in the morning, and Grissom says this guy, he gives me a name, and I said, it's probably somebody who wants tickets. I said, I don't have any tickets, I don't wanna talk, hang up. Guy calls back in about 10 minutes, same deal. So anyway, about the third time, the guy quit calling. So that night, we worked the first game, Grissom and I, because night was good to us, He he knew that we had lived in St. Louis, worked the first game, we can get in the car and get home that same night and not have to worry. So after our game, we go into the locker room and the crew for the second game is there and there's Phil Bova. I don't know if you remember the name Bova. He was big time. He says to me, come here, come here. I need to talk to you, buddy. And I said, what? He says, come here. He says, you know that guy who was calling you all morning and you wouldn't answer the phone? I said, I don't know who he was. He says, that was Knight's student manager and he had put together, this is unbelievable, the clips of all the travels you miss the night before, and he wanted you to see him. <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah, you can't make it up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Just meticulous, no oh. doubt about it. As prepared a coach as ever. Oh. Before we go, we talked about Coach Stewart, Coach Knight. Give me another coach that stands in your mind that was influential or meaningful to you.
1: Nolan Richardson. Nolan Richardson. You want to talk about an intimidating guy? There you are. Wow. Um, and I first um, I first met him when he brought that junior college team, almost his entire starting lineup, they had won the National Junior College Championship, and Tulsa hired Nolan, and Nolan came to Tulsa with this team, and they were unbelievable. And um, we had a really, really... Just brutal um, semifinal game. I think it was his second year there, a third year, and um, he 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 really did. He got he got um, the bad end of a uh, official score uh, assessing his team an extra time out, and there's no way we could change it. I mean, I knew, but there was nothing I could do because the official score. That's that's it. So he was so angry with me. I mean, he thought I should have changed it. And he called me names, chased me off the floor. And then I had the first game of Tulsa in Wichita in the next year. And he was waiting for me. And I knew it. And uh, the game started, and he started on me, and I teed him. And uh, at halftime, we were walking off the floor, and he's running after me. And, and I was working with Bob Dibler. And Dibler played with no one when, when they played uh, for Haskins, you know, uh, on that UTEP uh, team. So he's telling Diver how horrible I am and everything else. And I won't tell you what he said. I had a, I had a little curly perm at the time. And I'm not going to tell you what he told me that perm looked like, but you can just use your imagination. And that's what he said. And after that, we had a great relationship. And when he got hired into the uh, Southwest Conference at Arkansas, all of a sudden I got a phone call from uh, Paul Galvan, who was a supervisor, asking me if I wanted to work in that league. And I thought, why, 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 why? what do you want me in this league for? He says, Nolan Richardson's the only team that's not a Texas team, and he wants somebody who's not from Texas. Wow. That
2: legendary Nolan Richardson, a oh. national champion. At Arkansas. We're talking to a legendary official. That is Ron Zetcher, a Hall of Famer. He's in the Greater St. Louis Amateur Baseball Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. And thank you for coming back to KMOX. It's great to catch up with you, Zetcher.
1: It's great catching up with you and um, also uh, revisiting your pop.
2: He's great. Thank you so much. That would be Bill Ackerman. We miss him dearly. We have a lot to catch up on in our last half hour. It's sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. We'll tell you who's in the college
0: football playoff next. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.